Hey, I'm April, and they say laughter is the best medicine. So I'm here to give you a dose of laughs while discussing a range of health issues that impact women on Copay with April Body. And here we accept all forms of payments, okay? Including likes, comments, and shares, and of course, subscribe. Rachel, welcome to my podcast. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I met you at my show a couple months ago, and I feel like I need to get to know you because it was like we met. It was a quick interaction. Yes. Glad you came out, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, girl. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I just found out you live in Flatiron, but where are you from? I am from Long Island. Oh, okay. So you're like a New Yorker. Yes. Yes. Um, Went to school at Ithaca, so I've always been a New Yorker, basically. Okay. Um, Moved back to the city, and yeah, now I've been here for the last 10 years. Okay. Um, Do you have any siblings? I have two older brothers. Two older brothers. Brian and Daniel. They're the best. Brian and Daniel. They're the best. Oh, so you don't have a favorite? I I don't have a favorite. My nephew is my favorite. (laughs) You're like, forget the brothers. It's my nephew all day. Um, so, okay, so you lived in Long Island, and then you moved to Flatiron. Do you have, I feel like growing up here, New York was different for me, because I'm from Georgia. Uh, so I have tons of crazy stories. But did you have a crazy New York or roommate experience when you moved to the city? Oh, gosh. My first roommate, um, yeah, it wasn't, like, the best experience. Um, there was one time where I ended up getting locked outside the apartment. She, like, locked it from the inside. I was calling. She was sleeping. Couldn't get in touch with her. Had to call her father to get in. Okay. Just, it was very short um, that we lived together. But other than that, lived with roommates who I lived with in college. Um, so, nothing terrible. It was really fun in, like, my young 20s being in New York City. Um, just a really great time. Oh, you had it easy. My first year, well, girl, I got evicted my first year. It was just oh, wow. such <laughs> a struggle. Yeah, um, none of that. Okay, tell me the decade you were born by naming the biggest artist of that time. Oh, gosh. Well, Britney Spears was definitely huge. Spice so Girls. That, wait, is Britney 90s? I think, yeah. I'm like, oh, now, what, what was that? Was yeah, that back original, in the 90s? like, okay. oh, what were the songs back then that she had? I don't even remember. Oh, no, what was oh, this? That? Oh, the high, no, the one with the the, the pigtail things and the, the skirt. What was yeah. that song? Oh, that, I don't even remember, but also, I'm not a, Oops. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. We had to get a little help. We had to call a lifeline for that because we're both like, oops, what's that song called again? Okay. Spice Girls was the first concert I ever went to, so what? they were big too. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> My first concert was Maxwell. Okay, I still love him. He has great knees. Um, yeah, he's twerking better than me these days. Did you... Okay, so you were saying young, in your 20s, you had a great time. Did you have a, um, like a club nickname, or did you use a different alias when you would go out with your friends? No, not really. Um, I feel like that would be really fun. No, I don't have any good stories like that. We yeah. just would... Going, I remember my first when I was younger going into 
clubs with a fake ID and oh, yeah, those absolutely. stories. And one of them I still believe is hanging in the bar. It was the only ID hanging in the bar because that's how bad it was. And that's how it was a black and white <laughs> photocopy of a girl's fake ID who right. I don't know. I tried to get in with it and it was that bad that it's the only one that's They're actually like, oh, hanging in the bar. Did they let you in just to be like, just they just. let me in the next night, but not that night. <laughs> like We only let people with good fake yeah. ID. Just come back tomorrow, girl. Yeah, just, try again. Just. I did that too, though. Like, like I said, I'm from Georgia and there was this place in Little Five Points where you could go get a fake ID, but it was black and white. It looked nothing. Like they didn't even try no. to make it look like a license, but I still, I don't know. I was like, I didn't, I don't think I tried to use it. We would do the thing where, uh, like my best friend at the time had a fake ID, so we would just pass, pass it, it back. back. Yep. yep. And we did get caught one time. So we'd always would slip a 20 with the fake ID. That's too. smart. Right. That's the way to do it. <laughs> I was thinking like I would not be that brave to do that now. I I was the much things braver. at 18, yeah. like you just don't you don't think no, you don't think about repercussions yes. at 18. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. Uh, well, yeah. I'm, sometimes I think back. I'm like, how am I still alive? <laughs> totally. I think like, that all the time. I should be in Taken. <laughs> like, I've done, cr- like, men are creepy and you do creepy things yeah. when you're young. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, my club nickname. Okay. So I had two. Growing up, for whatever reason, I would tell my friends to call me Nikki. I don't know what that was. Now thinking back, these are both stripper names. It was Nikki. <laughs> and then in college, it was Dallas. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what phase was I Dallas going through? Is definitely, yeah. I went from Nikki to Dallas. <laughs> Where did I get this from? I just, there's no hope. Now um, I want to go back and do that. <laughs> yes. You just have to have an alias. <gasps> um, if you were famous, what would you be famous for? Oh, Wow. It's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could have any talent I wanted, what oh, would it yeah. be? Mm-hmm. It could be tr- fictional, not fictional. I would love to be a singer. I have the worst voice ever, but I always wish that, like, I try and sing. And it's terrible, but yeah. I would love to be a singer. Yeah. You could be, like, a, a karaoke pop star. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I feel like these days, like, you can be auto-tuned. Anyone can be a singer. So maybe there's hope. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Me, okay, I'm going to be your backup singer now that Perfect. you said that. Like, now we just need some dancers and we'll be set. Ready. <laughs> okay, this is so random. Actually, somebody asked me this at a comedy show. Because um, I was like, oh, what's a good first date question? He was like, if you had to lose a body part, what would you want to lose? I'm like, oh, what kind wow. of first date question is that? Interesting. Like, what would you want? What would you say? Ooh, girl, I don't know. Okay, what 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 has to go? I love my legs. Maybe, maybe a arm. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Can it be just like a finger? <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's start small. Like the, yeah. I just took a Maybe whole Maybe like arm. the pinky. Yeah. Right. I feel Smart. like I could do without I one of those. I could do without a pinky, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just my arm. Why didn't I think of, like, just one toe? Like, what is wrong with me? Um, a pinky toe. Yeah, you don't really need those. <laughs> Wait, I think you do. I think your pinky toe is very important. Oh, I thought they were going to be, like, phased out. Maybe that was a rumor. <laughs> oh, is this on the next, ag- <laughs> the next agenda we all miss? Like, no, they're phasing out pinky yeah. toes. Stay tuned, guys. 2025. <laughs> no more pinky toes. No more pinky toes. We, we're done with that. Uh, all right. Um, I thought about this on the train. This is a crazy question. Uh, this is Mary F. Kill. But comics, okay, 
Okay. If you watch these, Mary F. Kill. Who did I say? Thanos. Uh, Bane. Or the Joker. I don't know two of those. Wait, who don't you know? The first two. Thanos and Bane. Okay, yeah. so Thanos is Marvel. He's, okay. I probably should have like gave you a heads up of like, I need hey, like you, photos. Right. Okay. Thanos, he tried to take out everybody in the Avengers. Baines is like Batman's nemesis. Okay. And of course the Joker. Okay. <clears throat> so I would kill the Joker. Okay. He's a little like antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he killer. just freaks me out a little bit. Okay. Um hmm. I think I would do F the second one, Batman's nemesis. Okay. And guess marry the first one. Hard to say because I don't know that much about them, but we'll right. go with that for now. You'll go home and Google me. Yeah. Like, mm, no. Yeah. I'm going to get back to you. <laughs> You're going to get a text them. message later. <laughs> I changed my mind. Right. Um, let me think. I. <sighs> Between Bane and the Joker. Wait. Because I think I would marry Thanos. Just to kind of like woo him from not taking out all the like no don't kill all oh, of Marvel we need some of them and then maybe I don't know who would I would I f the Joker because he's like kind of moody and sad or what but um yeah I just like don't want to be- actually no I would actually f Bane and kill the Joker too yeah okay so yeah. I think we're lined up on that yeah yeah um last little question i thought about this too. okay i feel like this may be a new segment on my podcast called hey twin because it's never a good thing when anybody ever says hey you look like somebody nothing good comes after <laughs> that sentence and i joke about this because i was at the hair salon once and this woman was like hey do you have three kids in the bronx who who says that is that is that what i'm giving off just three <gasps> then she's like no 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 she pulls out her phone to show me a photo of this woman and and i'm like i don't look like buster rhymes like it looked like a dusty woman with a wig and the bad kids giving buster rhymes energy even my hairstyle was like oh why did she do that i don't even know why she said that to you yeah it's- I'm like did i do something to this woman for her to just rule my day like you look ugly bye <gasps> um has that ever any comparisons somebody in high school that everybody used to who went to my high school mm-hmm. everyone used to say we looked alike um but no it's funny though my family growing up we would always play this game called look alike and yeah. we would just point to when we were together if we would see somebody we would say like look alike on that person and sometimes they wouldn't get it and sometimes they would yeah and my dad would always say like we would say like that's a terrible look alike if we thought it didn't look like yeah, that person yeah. he was like well if you get it it can't be a bad look alike but no <laughs> i've never i've never really been compared to any celebrity yeah that i feel like, like it would be fun maybe once yeah, they, I mean, they never compare me to like, oh, you look like Holly Berry. It's always the worst. Right, like it could thing. go well, but it, yeah, most of the time I would say it's, yeah. And my parents, we do that too, but it's usually <laughs> like the worst looking person. I'm like, mom, that's you. <laughs> we'll just be a walk. I'm like, girl, that's yeah. you over there. Check out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's so funny. So let's get into why we're here, why we met. 
Um, because the show that I did a few months ago, I think it, it wasn't my make five boys funny. I think I was transitioning to copay with April and uh I was still the subject was still fibroids, but also I had endometriosis. Um and you worked for the Endometriosis Foundation yes. and you came out to support and that's what we're gonna discuss today. Yes. Freaking good endometriosis. old endometriosis. Oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> um so your experience when were you first diagnosed and what was that process like or the age that you were diagnosed? So I was first diagnosed in 2017. Um, and I think I actually remember the day that I like first felt symptoms of, well, I didn't know what it was at the time. At the time, it was just really bad cramps. And I was in, it was my sophomore year of high school. I remember it was Halloween. I remember exactly what I was dressed as and all mm-hmm. my friends were in the hallway taking pictures and I was crouched in the corner crying. I couldn't stand up. So then I think it was like 10 years later that I was finally diagnosed. And it was a very long journey of going to doctors. And it was actually me who was researching what could be wrong. And it kept coming up as endometriosis. And I kept saying it to the doctors. And finally, I went to somebody else. And I said, like, I think that I have endometriosis. And she tried the first line of treatment, which is birth control. Mm -hmm. And when that didn't work, she said, I think you could. Um, And she said that she could do the surgery, but if I were her daughter, she would send me to a specialist and gave me the name of a specialist. I went in. Um, I had stage four endo. They removed 40 lesions, my appendix. It was Wait, they everywhere. moved your appendix too? Yes, yes, because it was like encased in the disease. Wow. Okay. And when the surgeon actually went out to tell my parents that he found it, he was almost in tears because he felt so bad that for so many years, doctors were not listening to me, including him a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. at first he was a little bit skeptical himself. Um, So yeah, it was definitely very validating to hear it for sure. Uh, And you said it started, the symptoms started in high school. They started in high school um, and gradually just became so much more than just cramps. There were so many other things that went along with it. I felt like I had UTIs all the time. Mm -hmm. I would go to doctors. They would say like, yes, it's a UTI, even if there were no signs, you know, they would do like the urine cultures and things and nothing would come up. Um, But they didn't know what it was. So they would just treat it, like give antibiotics. Eventually it would feel better. Um, But that was really just like a flare up, flaring down the feeling better part. So yeah, it just became so much more than really bad cramps. Um, There was like leg pain and things like that. Yeah. So it was... It was a long time. Yeah. So a similar thing um, started like high school. Um, I forgot how old I was when I got my period, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it was like 12. <clears throat> and by the time 15, 16 is when I started noticing just like, I, I don't know about you, but I had the symptoms like two weeks before my period. Did you have the same thing or on your period did you have? At first, I think it was really just, so I actually got my period for the first time. So this was Halloween, I said. So I think it was that August before that I got my period for the first time. So it really wasted no time. It was like September I got, and then October, really bad cramps. All went downhill. Yeah, Yeah, all went downhill. But it was really just the first two or three days of my period, just terrible, terrible cramps. Eventually, it turned into, I mean, before my last surgery, I would say that I felt like I had eight good days out of every month. That's how often the symptoms were there. How would you describe the pain? Oh, it is just, I mean, it presents itself in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. So the cramps are terrible. And I mean, 
you can't stand up. But then like the there's also nerve pain associated with it. And it's just so uncomfortable and you you can't walk. You can't do anything. It literally stops you in your tracks. It is just impossible to deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pain is the main thing <laughs> I remember in <clears throat> high school. Um, like I said, because two weeks before I would have like the cramping, the pain. Like it just to me, it always felt like a stat. Like you just took a knife and you just repeatedly yeah. just kept stabbing all the little lady parts. And <clears throat> same thing, we'll go to the gynecologist and they never would really diagnose it. They were just again, here's birth control. Um, and like, eh, it could be endometriosis, but it could be a bunch of other things. Right. I would have to like miss school because like that's how bad it was. Yeah. Even like trying to go number two like that would feel like somebody's taking their hand up there and ripping your ovaries out it was everything like i never wanted to go to the bathroom the first few days because you're like oh no it's gonna be too painful and it wasn't until almost 10 years later too that they were like oh okay uh this could be endometriosis for me um it was like, I had started checking off all the boxes, but it was when I started, like, getting sexually active. That was, like, the big... Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That <clears throat> is definitely... I So, like, as you, I would Google the different symptoms that were coming up, it would always say endometriosis. And so, eventually, I just realized that, like, that must be it. But same thing. I mean, you... All of those things. And then, I like I said, like, the peeing for me was the worst. So, mm -hmm. I would, like hold have to hold in my pee for hours i would go to school i would wake up in the morning not pee go to school and by like 3 30 when i came home i like couldn't even walk because my bladder hurt so bad wow. but like that to me was better than the pain that came from peeing and because you never knew when it would end right yeah and the nerve so that was interesting i didn't have nerve pain but you said you had like you could feel it in your nerve like in your legs or yeah in my down. legs my <clears throat> tailbone is definitely like a big piece of it um so they don't really know if it's like nerve damage or if it was like actual lesions on my nerves. It's it's sort of like still there. So they still don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, the the nerve pain is is bad. It's like a different kind of it's like not as like like the stabbing pain that comes from the yeah. cramps. It's not really like that. It's more of like a burning. I used to say it feels like somebody is pouring like hydrogen peroxide, like down my tailbone and it just like radiates upward sort of oh it's God. it's crazy that's yeah. so painful yeah because hydroport like when you pour that on the scar that's like ah! right which is like so specific because i would say yes. it's like a burning but not like a fire it's right like, not like a flame inside it's me like, a, like it's a light fire yeah it's <laughs> <Right. laughs> a light fire no burn. big deal <laughs> yeah you know that you just like, that is wild and imagine nerve pain on top of everything else right um and so what were your like how long were your periods like how long did they last or did they they were like <clears throat> my periods would be like seven to nine days okay. long and the cramps would be there for like in the beginning it was like two to three but then it was longer than that um and just really really heavy bleeding i would bleed like through a tampon through a pad through my underwear onto my bed all really? the time okay yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. I had, like I said, the pain two weeks. Like I would have the worst PMS, PMS symptoms before, but the periods were great. Like five days. That was. Right. Yeah. No. It, mm -hmm. I've heard. I mean, I've heard it both ways, but yeah. they definitely were 
long and painful. And yeah, the PMS, I mean, there's PMDD, which is what I had too. What's PMDD? So it's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. It's basically PMS, but just sort of like even worse, um, okay. even though PMS isn't terrible. Um, <laughs> right, like, hey, let's add on some yeah. more. Now you got PPD, a disorder with the PMS. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you had surgery and you said it was a laparoscopic surgery. Yeah, right? I've okay. had two surgeries, both laparoscopic surgeries. And the first surgery, they moved your app- appendix? Yes. And- the first was the 40 lesions. They removed my appendix. And I think that was in, it was like 2017 or 2018. And then my last surgery was last year. It was last April. Um, and there were another 20 lesions that they removed. Um, and a lot of like cysts that they saw. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's always cysts. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like endometriomas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so this was recent, 2018, that you had the first surgery. Right. And then yeah. you had to have another one. Yeah. Wow. Because things just got so bad again. Before my last <clears> surgery, <throat> it was even worse than it ever was before my first surgery. After the first surgery, things got so much better. I didn't have to even take Advil when I had my period, which was mm-hmm. incredible. I couldn't believe it. But then slowly things started to come back. And really over the pandemic, I could like feel that like when I would pee, it was starting to really hurt again. Um, so I knew that wasn't a good sign. And then once like the cramps came back with my period, I knew that there had to be lesions back again. Um, and I remember I was actually getting an endoscopy for something else. Yeah. And I had to like go to the center and I couldn't like stand up that morning. I like, mm-hmm. didn't know how I was going to make it. And um, I finally got myself there and I was like on the floor of the endoscopy center. It was just so bad. And also, so I didn't know this either, and and I think because I I was probably yeah I definitely was diagnosed with endometriosis a decade before you, so uh, I didn't know there were stages. Yeah, right. So you said you had stage four, right? Or, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you know what like stage one, stage two, stage three? Like, do you know the different? I don't exactly. I don't even <clears throat> know, and this could be wrong, but I don't know how standardized it is. I okay. think that like some doctors use different, um criteria for what they call the different stages it's not necessarily how many lesions you have some will go by pain so i don't exactly know what goes into it okay um but i know that the doctor that i saw was going by the number of lesions you had and how um spread out they were throughout your body yeah i was told that there was no way to know if you really had endometriosis until they did Right. The same thing. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, which I kind of can get, you know, why, you know, they would wait to have a surgery because it would be like, you know, we cut you open and find out there's nothing. Right. Um, which I think also goes into the number that they say, which is one in 10. And they mm-hmm. say that number is going to it's going to be a lot more than right. that one day, because if you think about it, not everybody, which right now it's hard to even get the surgery to find a specialist. Right. Some people just aren't a candidate for surgery. It's really expensive, so they can't get it. So if there were other ways to diagnose it, that it would be much easier to figure out and that number would be much more. It would be much more people finding out, like confirming that they actually have endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. And which I always keep reiterating on this podcast. I feel like that's always the biggest issue. It's millions of people will be if in uh, impacted by this but there's no clear diagnosis right. you know so like they have to wait 10 years to finally be like oh now you're stage four right you know and you have to have your like if you had known five years sooner maybe you didn't need your appendix exactly, exactly. um 
And like, I, I don't even remember how many lesions they removed. Um, it, but I do know afterwards, I had no problems. Like, thank God for that surgery. Yeah. How, what was the recovery time for you? So the first time, I mean, I was a little bit younger, not much, but mm-hmm. it was also the first one. It wasn't as bad. The second one, I was like sort of surprised at. It just, um, I guess the initial recovery, you know, like you're in bed for like that the next 10 days or something like that. But there's still like so many other things going on that you have to recover from. I mean, like I had like this like weird swelling on my side mm. and we thought they thought like maybe it was a hernia or something. Is there's that just, normal? I don't I don't know because okay. it was really never confirmed that it was just oh. swelling. I like sort of look at a picture of me from yeah. right after and you can see my side like juts out yeah. a little bit. And so I'm guessing it was swelling. It just went away on its own. But yeah, there's just like all different things that come just from, you know, being operated on. Right. It's like laparoscopic surgery is a very, I mean, it's not like a big, they're not like cutting into you that yeah, much. Yeah, it's like but, minimally invasive. Exactly. But. That's the, <clears throat> what I was trying to think of. But it's still, there's a recovery time. Right. For sure. Okay. And so you said about 10 days was your recovery or? Yeah, I would say like eight to 10 days. I mean, I was able to start working again, but I'm working from home now. So I would just kind of be sitting in bed working. Um, But yeah, I would say like overall, it's just like eight to 10 days of that, like really not feeling great. But then slowly over time, there were still things to get better from. Right. So I don't know like when I started feeling completely like myself again, but yeah. Okay, I'm just trying we to got give there. the listeners an idea of yeah. recovery in case they're needing this surgery. Yeah. Um. Did you have a support system or somebody to talk to during this time? Yeah, so I my family is incredibly supportive. I feel very lucky to have them. I actually think that um, it has brought us so much closer together. As horrible as endometriosis is in every single way, I would mm-hmm. say that's like the one good thing. Even like my father and I, there are things that like I can say to him now that I never in a million years would have imagined saying to him before this. Mm-hmm. And he sort of just understands. Mm-hmm. So it really has done incredible things for our relationship. Um, so they've been incredibly supportive. My mom was really involved in the Endometriosis Foundation. She's on the board. Um, and they really try and learn as much as they can That's about it. Great. Yeah. Did you know anybody else with endometriosis? Before this? No. Okay. No. I had never really heard of it other than from Google. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. again, it's something that could be, it's kind of common, unfortunately, but then you don't know, or or people just don't, like, well, you're not at the train station. Level, so how's right. endometriosis? It's not something that comes up, but. I think it's, like, sort of part of the stigma around, yeah. like, women's health and mm-hmm. menstruation in general that people are sort of not very eager to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh. With mine, same thing, my mom, because when I got on birth control, my dad was like, why is she getting on birth control? And it's like, my mom's like, you have no idea what she's going through. Oh, that's great. And so she was very supportive. And, you know, when I had to miss school, she had no problems with being like, it's okay, you can stay home. Um, But same thing, they were kind of my support system. I definitely didn't know anybody until, not until, because I've done several different, like, endometriosis, like, um, kind of like this, like interviews or like they'll have a, what did I just do? I think Health Central 
where, you know, we talk about it, but it wasn't until something was casted that we would come together and be like, oh my God, you had this, you had this. Um, but it does help to have. It does. I mean, I met through the foundation and just through the surgeon that I saw um, this group of girls and who all have endometriosis. And I think it has helped me so much and like just getting through this just people who really understand exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. i think it was um there's a celebrity who is being interviewed about having endometriosis and she said it's such a lonely disease and it really is like yes. it's unless you have it it's so right. hard to really describe what goes on because it yeah. is so much more than a bad period like there's so much more that goes into it so accurate and it, i feel like it typically happens when you're in high school so you're already like hormonal puberty you're already going through a lot right now you got to top and then you have a period and you're like what is this right and now endometriosis like it you're already and you just don't know what you're can't even figure out your body yeah. and what it's doing to you. Yeah. And you're young. And like for that reason, a lot of people just don't believe you. I mean, I remember that that day, Halloween, it was a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I called my mom and said, like, I have the worst cramps. I wanted to come home. And she, you know, just thought in she had never heard of endometriosis right. either. She didn't know. And she said, well, if I pick you up, you won't be able to go out tonight. And I was like, not go out on Halloween? Like, that's not going to happen. So I went to the nurse and she gave me one Advil. It did nothing. We were allowed to, like, walk to lunch and everything. Mm -hmm. So I went to the pharmacy and I took, like, four Advil. Like, finally, I started to feel better. And that's Mm -hmm. then what I had to do every at the start of my period every month. Um, But, yeah, they're just, like, people don't believe you and... A lot of doctors haven't even heard of it. So, right. and yeah. back then it's like uh, uh, they were just talking about it's just a period cramp. Right. Hard to even understand like what the difference is because I get periods are always uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it should not be debilitating. If you are unable to attend work or school or your practices and things like that, that's not normal. No, yeah, and there definitely should be like. There's PTO and there needs to be period TO. <laughs> like you Which need to I be think like, they're starting. There is. Yes. I read like there's supposed to be something with period leave. Yeah. Make that happen. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started having these symptoms? I just I wish I had heard of the disease. I feel like that would have been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, there's so much. I that is really one thing I wish that they, you know, teach something about it in schools so kids are educated on it um, and they can will make it easier to advocate for themselves. But I also wish that, you know, the medical community was more educated about it and that yeah. when I went to my pediatrician that they could have said, oh, this could be endometriosis. This is not normal. You should not be feeling like that. That's also wild to me, too, like when you go to your gynecologist, how that's not even... It's not a question. I mean, even when you go, you know, to your, we're saying it's usually, you know, young girls at 12 to who are getting it. So when you go to your pediatrician, I feel like why not say like, what are your periods like? Are you in incredible pain just to, you know, help out and give them an environment to be able to speak up in? Um, How did this impact your sex life? It was just incredibly painful. Always. And I sort of thought like, okay, maybe I just don't enjoy sex. Like maybe it's just not something for yeah, me. I yeah. guess it will never be. Um, I did, It wasn't even something that 
because I didn't know, realize at first that that even had anything to mm -hmm. do with it. So it wasn't something I even felt comfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. So I would just do it and sort of like suck it up um, or in other cases, just try and avoid it totally. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really uncomfortable for the longest time. I mean, I would say like that really started getting better after surgery. So like recent. So for a long time, it was just incredibly painful. Yeah. Now you're like, let's get, let's catch up. No, <laughs> you're like, I had too much pain. But same thing. Um, Cause I had sex much later in life. I was 24 when I lost my virginity and also still had endometriosis, but not fully aware of it. And I remember having sex and just like, it felt like again, like I would just scream. Like he was like, are you okay? Yeah. It just felt like somebody was like, I couldn't like, Kind of like when you were saying the hydrogen peroxide, like that's what it felt like on the inside. I'm like, stop, stop right now. Just awful. And then yes, like you would try like different positions and it's like even yeah. worse. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, you're trying to, yeah, it's so awkward at mm -hmm. that point. So to, awkward. <laughs> and thank God, even though he was a jerk, but when it came to that, he was very understanding, you know, yeah. but it could be, and he was my boyfriend too, so that helped, but I can't imagine, you know, having like casually dating and yes. having sex and then you're having this one night stand and you're like oh ah, right and he's like 100 percent. like what's going on i was so when i had my first surgery mm -hmm. around that time where things were really getting bad i was with my ex-boyfriend who was also a total jerk but he was <laughs> we're at, both jerk. yeah but when it comes to sex like i guess we could be understanding if right. my sex life depends on it right <laughs> but he so he was actually I remember when I had my surgery he slept at the hospital with me and he was very supportive then mm -hmm. but um yeah it was just it was hard to talk about for sure yeah because like in general I think for women it's already hard for us to say what you like mm -hmm. you know like exactly all the other stuff aside like like having that conversation which I guess I need to do a full podcast on that too because I don't like when you're younger, you're just so I don't know. Like I was insecure, too. So I didn't know how to say, hey, I like this or don't do that. Which and, you should totally be able to do for right. even if you don't have endometriosis. Like, right. That's what I'm saying. Like you should just be able approaching to enjoy that it. conversation in your 20s is always like, I don't know what to say. I just and that's why these guys get away with whatever they get away with because right. we didn't say anything. Exactly. But then you get in your 30s. You're like, no, this is not. right because <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But and then, like, did you have a situation where you had to explain to a partner before having sex? Like, hey, by the way. So I think this this ex-boyfriend, I, I definitely said it to him sort of when we started dating. And he, like, understood to a point, but then mm -hmm. it would, like, slip his mind and he would, like, get upset when I didn't want to do it. But for the most part, he was okay. Yeah. Um, the person I'm with now is incredibly understanding Good. about it and he is just he's a chair. So you had to sit him down with the talk like we have to have a little endo talk yeah it's it's very uncomfortable yeah. at first i mean just all the things about endo mm -hmm. when you start dating somebody to say like you, the infertility things and things like that it's just scary to talk about and to like bring somebody on this journey with you and i said it pretty early on because yeah. i was really like sort of we started dating around the time of that second surgery before it um but around that time, and so, like, I sort of had to say it to him, and it's uncomfortable, but I'm very glad I did. I did have a, a gynecologist. She 
gave me recommendations because she was like, definitely put a pillow under your back. Like she kind of gave me like positions to try because yeah. of the endo and I what's wrong with my uterus it's either tilted it's something yes <laughs> right yeah so she would try to be like try this position try that if it's painful so i'm like at least i had you know i guess a sex coach um yeah that has to be helpful. so you mentioned the endometriosis foundation mm-hmm. and your mom is on the board how did that come together with you joining the foundation so actually the this will give a lot away but the surgeon that i saw he is one of the founders of the foundation and okay. so like I said, I had Googled endometriosis. Mm-hmm. I was sort of the one bringing it, but there was only so much about the disease that I knew. I also wasn't positive that I had it. So once it was confirmed, it was actually while I was recovering. I remember being in bed, Googling like all these things, trying to find out more. Somehow I landed on something about the foundation and I was just looking through it and I was like, this is incredible. I had always wanted to sort of, I'd gone to school for corporate social responsibility. I wanted to be more on the corporate side, but like in their social responsibility department, working with charities in that way. So it wasn't like so far off from what I wanted to do. And I just thought they were doing such amazing things. And there were so many people who needed this and who were going through the same thing as me. Um, So I just thought like, I have to be a part of this. This was actually like my post-op appointment and I said like I saw the foundation you started like I really want to be a part of it I started sort of just helping out and then a few months later I was on full-time perfect that worked out yeah Um, and then you're like can help somebody else like you probably felt like wow now I can help other women who yeah I just felt like yeah there are so many people who need this information and you really like don't understand it unless you're in it so like what better person to sort of help out than somebody who has it and one last question before we wrap up um uh tips and tricks like what are some things that helped you with with the pain yeah definitely hot water bottles heating pads are so key i would say be careful because I have seen like so many women who get like burns on their stomach from mm. just putting it. It's just so easy. It's so Because you're so desperate. Exactly. You're just like, I don't care. Like you, so, cause I've had like an old heating pad where you just like take off that, that Exactly. Cover. The felt thing. Yes. And you're just like putting it directly on your skin. Yes. Yeah. And okay. so when you use it for like too long. But um, heating pads are great. Um, hot baths, really helpful. Staying hydrated is mm-hmm. helpful. Um, but really just like taking it easy let yourself like lay in bed don't like put pressure on yourself to like go and do all this. Like, you see the tampon commercials and they like put in a tampon and they're like okay now you can go like exercise and do it all. Like, like, yeah like no i just want to stay in bed and right. that's like perfectly okay <laughs> no one's gonna run through a field of uh no i don't want to do that when i don't have my period yeah. so i'm like if i didn't have endo so they should just show a real video of like you pop in the tampon and you go watch netflix yeah like you lay on your couch and like eh. exactly just, just like let yourself let yourself be in it yeah. and definitely talk to people. Look for like support. Support is so important. Um, but find people you can talk to and really like look for a medical professional doctor who mm-hmm. who understands and who's willing to listen. Yeah, um, that's great. I, I, I would say the heating pad, too. Unfortunately, I wish there was more out there, you right. know, to give other women who, who go through this. But yeah, it's, that's all I really had too was like a heating pad. And patience. Right. <laughs> like you have no choice. I mean, I would say like, oh, it's it's so terrible. But every flare up like will flare down. And yeah, sometimes you don't know how long it is. And it's so hard to be in it. But just, yeah, be patient. 
let yourself like have these moments to just relax um, and just like try and talk about it because it yeah. can really help in the moments you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also I uh, end the show with like a copay or a prescription. And I guess for this, my copay prescription would be because since you mentioned like this is a lonely road or lonely disease or I I would hope women could find someone to talk to and even if like with this podcast we want to reach out you know a, a community and maybe the Endo- endometrios foundation is another way to i don't know if they have like groups or like somebody you can connect with so at least sometimes just talking to somebody who can relate to you just helps yes you know yes so. go on social media there are so many women who are who really are talking about it yeah. on social media mm-hmm. um i mean even if you type in the hashtag endometriosis yeah. you will find you know different accounts whether it is foundations or doctors or just people who have the disease who are speaking about it um but go on and follow them and read through the comments if you see somebody writing something that you can relate to don't be afraid to you know message them or say something it really does make such a big difference and it's important for people to know like when you feel so alone like yeah you aren't alone there are so many people going through the same thing and like help it can be like right at your fingertips to just like reach out and have that support yes until we get some kind of cure right Right. i think they just listed it as like one of the top hundred things like it's been like the most like one of the most painful conditions right um rachel thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me yeah thanks for listening be sure to follow copay with ab on all social media and hey if you enjoyed the episode like subscribe share leave a comment do all the things okay until next time